service. As the bucket comes by, just drop that card into the offering bucket. We want to get to know you a little bit better, see how we can minister to you, to your needs. And also, if you're a guest following the service, if you'll drop out in the lobby, uh, there's a guest packet that you can pick up with lots of information about the church. So be sure to pick that up following uh, the service. Well, we're in a, a series called Together, Together. And my title today is 10,000 dollar holiday giveaway and during this holiday season our church is going to give away ten thousand dollars but before I tell you who we're going to give that money to I want to talk to you today about helping the poor you don't hear very many messages on helping uh, the poor Uh, matter of fact as I was researching my assistant was helping me research this week there There wasn't a lot of information on on that subject, but here's what I want you to understand and know. As I was looking this week and studying and cross-referencing scriptures, I was really amazed at how much our Bible has to say about helping the poor. And we're going to deal with that subject today. And, And as we talk about helping the poor, please understand that I'm not talking about helping people who can work but won't work. We're not talking about helping a con artist or manipulators or cheaters. We're not talking about helping somebody who's just uh, somebody who's just downright lazy. How many know somebody that's just downright lazy? We're not talking about that. The Bible, the Bible brings that up in Proverbs 10 and verse number 4. It says, lazy hands make a man poor. So, so we're not talking about that. I, I'm talking about helping people who have fell on hard times. People who have experienced devastating circumstances. People that have went through a crisis, people for whatever reason may be born into it, just, just are less fortunate in a nation that's less fortunate, in a family that's just less fortunate, don't know any better. I'm talking about helping some real needs. And so I want to talk to you today for the next few moments about helping the poor and why we need, four reasons on why we need to help the poor. And I know what some of you are thinking right now. You're thinking, well, I guess I'll make my grocery list now because I don't really want to hear a message like this. And don't do that to me. Please don't do that. Please hear me today. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ in this place, I want you to know the Bible has a lot to say to you about helping the poor. And if you tune this message out, you're tuning out your Heavenly Father. Because if you're a follower of Jesus, you should have a compassion for those who are less fortunate. So don't tune this message out. Did you realize that there's a lot of poor people around our world today Did you realize that 70% of homes have no drinkable water or toilet around our world? Some of you today, you say, well, I'm poor. I guess you're preaching to me because I'm poor. Well, most of you aren't in this place. Did you realize that if you own a car and have a home, you're in the top 5% of people in the world? Did you realize that? Helping the poor Let's look at four reasons why we need to help the poor. Point number one is this. God commands us to be generous to the poor. He commands us to be generous to the poor. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse number 31 says, Anyone who oppresses the poor is insulting God who made them. Notice this. This is so key. To help the poor is to honor God. When you help the poor, you're honoring God. When you help the poor, you're pleasing your heavenly Father and you're very intelligent people. And so you know the flip side of that verse. The Bible says if we 
help the poor, we're honoring the Lord. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 21 and verse number 13, if a man shuts his ears to the cry of the poor, he too will cry out and not be answered. The scripture says that don't you dare shut your ear to the cry of the poor. When you see somebody in your neighborhood, in your vicinity, don't, don't say to them, well, too bad for you. <laughs> Life's hard, God's good. <laughs> sure hope it works out for you. I hope things turn around for you. Lord bless you. The Bible says, listen, if you shut your ears to the cry of the poor, when you cry out in your time of need, you won't be hurt. It is very clear that, that God has a heart for the poor and as his people, we should have a heart for the poor. This was a very interesting scripture as I was studying this week, Galatians chapter 2 and, and verse number 9. This is when the apostles, the leaders of the church were getting ready to send out Paul and, and, and Barnabas. And, and when they sent them out, they, they had a clear word of instruction for them. Notice this, James 2 and verse 9. James, Peter, uh, Galatians 2 and verse 9. James, Peter, and John, those reputed to be pillars. In other words, they were pillars in the church. They were leaders in the church. Gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the Jews. In other words, they saw the hand of God on Paul and Barnabas. They saw the anointing of God. They saw the grace of God. And they said, hey, you guys are called to go to the Gentiles and minister and we want you to go do that very thing and we're going to stay and minister to the Jews. And notice verse 10. All all they asked. In other words, out of all the things they could ask us to do, all the things they wanted us to remember, all the things they wanted us to focus on, they had one thing as they were commissioning, commissioning them and sending them out. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. He said, listen, as they were sending us out and we were going to reach people for Christ and see people discipled and see people set free and healed and delivered in the Gentiles. He said, listen, listen, you've been doing it. You've been, when you were with us, you, you've been, you remembered the poor. But I want you to continue to turn your attention to those who are less fortunate. Don't forget those who are poor. And Paul said, you know what? That was the very thing. I'm a Christian. And as a Christian, the Spirit's working in me. And that was the very thing I was eager I was eager to do see the Bible admonishes us it encourages us to help those who are poor there's a, a second reason why we should help the poor number two is this because God created all people God created all people. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse number 31, I just read this to you, anyone who oppresses the poor, puts down the poor, takes advantage of the poor, is insulting God. Why are they insulting God? Who made them? Because God made that individual that's being assaulted and oppressed and put down and taken advantage of. Proverbs 22 and verse 2 Solomon makes it so clear in this verse. He says, rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. He said, listen, that rich person you see, the Lord made them. The, the poor person you see, the Lord made them. And not necessarily saying that, that God made that person rich and God made that person poor. No, here's the, here's the principle. God made everybody. 
God made that individual. God made this individual. And, and friends, we should be generous to the poor because God made them. They're made in the image of God. In other words, if you have a little money, don't be arrogant. Don't be haughty. Don't be stuck up. Don't start looking down on someone who has less than you. Don't start feeling, and it's easy to do, don't start feeling like you're better than somebody because you got more stuff. You know how we can get. Start looking down and, well, I don't know what's wrong with you. If you don't, you don't drive without, you don't have what, and you start, don't you dare start. God made that person you're looking down Jesus came and, and died for that person that you're, you're looking down on. And, and when you have the Spirit of God inside of you and you're a Christian, you will have compassion on that person because you know God made them and God loves them. See, the Bible says rich and poor, they have this in common. God is the maker of both. And friends, here, here's one of the things that you and I in this blessed nation that we live in have to always remember. You have to always remember where you came from. You didn't always make the money you're making today. Oh, you're not fooling me. You know, you, you, most of you didn't inherit what you have. You worked for it. And the Lord has blessed you. He's been, he's been good to you. And don't, don't forget the days when you were in need. Don't forget when somebody helped you out in your time of trouble. And it gives you motivation and compassion to help somebody else out. I, I'll never forget my wife and I. We were first married. And I was a full-time traveling minister and spoke around the, the nation, and my wife was a full-time college student, and I, I got to the end of that year and went to a CPA to get my taxes done, and the uh, CPA notified me. They didn't teach me this kind of stuff in Bible college, man. I wish they would have, but they told me I was, I was considered self-employed. I said, what? I said, oh, yeah, Herbert, you've got to pay your taxes in quarterly. I said, really? <laughs> I said, oh, yeah. He said, you owe the government all of the money right now. $500. Oh, Lord, help me now today. I mean, I, that was a, a, we didn't have it. I did not know how I was going to pay the IRS. It was a, a real need that was pressing in Tiffany and I's life. And I'll never get a pastor. I never shared the need. He didn't know. He just knew we were struggling getting started as, as ministers of the gospel and traveling full time. And I went to eat with him and he handed me a check for $500. I had no idea. And I was able to pay my taxes. I'll never forget the times I was in need. I remember my wife and I, were before we got married, we were engaged. And my father-in-law, I'll have to always pray to get over this bitter moment of, that I have against him for this. He bought my wife a car. And that thing was a junker. And I got married and I got, I got this car and having all these problems. And the, and the AC goes out in this vehicle. And so we were living in Missouri and driving around in the summertime, 90, 100 degrees. And, and, and it was hot. Now, brother don't like heat. I know I, I like to have AC, a, AC blow. I mean, I know it's a luxury, but I like it. And it was, it was hot. And, and I don't forget that. And I thank the Lord that it's a luxury, but I thank the Lord that we have some AC that blows out of our vehicles now. And I, don't, don't forget where, where I, I came from. And, and friends, you can't forget where you come from. You have to be compassionate to help somebody else who is less fortunate than you are because God is the maker of both the rich and the poor. There's a, a, a third reason why we need to help the poor. Number three is this. Because Christians put feet to their faith. Real Christians put feet to their faith. 
Now, I'm getting ready to read several portions of scriptures to you, and I don't want you to check out. Don't, don't start the grocery list now. There's an overarching principle in all of these scriptures that, that, that the Bible drives home and that, and that we need to be very aware of as people of God. James 2 and verse number 14, I want you to notice how real Christians put feet to their faith. He says, what good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith. This is what I believe in God. I know the Lord. And they claim to have faith. They they profess it with their mouth, but has no deeds. There's no evidence at all that they know the Lord. He says this, can such faith save him? I'll tell you what good that faith is. It's no good at all. And James now gives us an example of of a person who claims to have faith but has no deeds. And here's the example he gives us in verse 15. Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In other words, you you know somebody in your area, maybe your work or in your neighborhood, you know somebody who's hurting and don't have food to eat, don't have clothes, don't have a coat to wear, and, and you see them, and all you say to them, and you have more than enough, and all you say is, praying for you. Yeah. Oh, I know the Lord. Lord bless you. Keep warm. Hope you get cold. I know wintertime's on its way. It's going to get cold. Be lifting you up before the Lord. And you do. Absolutely nothing. He says, what good is that kind of faith? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. In other words, all James, all James is driving home is that real Christians put feet to their faith. John says the same thing in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 17. He says, If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity, has no compassion, has not even a little inclination in their heart to help him, how can the love of God be in him? In other words, he's driving home the point, it's probably not, because when we don't work to get saved, but we work because we are saved. And we're motivated by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have the compassion in the mind of Christ living inside of us. And it compels us. It motivates us. It, it drives us to help those who are less fortunate. And no, notice what he goes on to say in verse 18. He says, dear children, let us not love with words. With God bless you praying for you. Or tongue. But with actions and in truth. Real Christians put feet to their faith. I, I think just Jesus drives it home in Matthew 25. And this has always been an interesting portion of Scripture to me. It's always been a very alarming portion of Scripture. The Bible says in Matthew 25 and verse 31, Jesus says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His throne in, the, in, in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. In other words, the sheep and the, the goats, they were together. How I many you know in churches, there's sheep and goats? How I many you know that? Amen. How I many you know a goat and sheep, they both sound alike? 
I mean, they, you know, they both sound alike. Just kind of look at your neighbor right now and kind of just check them out, huh? What What are they? Verse number 33 says, He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for, for you since the creation of the world. Notice what he says, For I was hungry, and you put feet to your faith, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, notice this, the righteous will answer, Lord, I mean, we, we know who you are, you are, you are, Lord, Lord, you're my heavenly father, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? I mean, when did we see you leave heaven and come and say, hey, I'm Jesus and see you thirsty and give you something to drink? I mean, when did we see you, Lord, a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. And here's where it gets very interesting. Verse 41, then he will say to those on his left, the, the, the goats, depart from me. You who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you had no feet to your faith and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you just said, Lord bless you, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. And no, notice their response in verse 44, the same as the righteous. Verse 44, they, they will also answer, Lord! I mean, you are our Lord. Lord! I mean, I believe in you, Lord! When, when did we see you? When did we see you, Lord, come from heaven and come to earth and see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you do not do for one of the least of these, you do not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. And all Jesus is driving home is if you're saved and the Spirit of God lives inside of you, real Christians put feet to their faith. And we should help those who are less fortunate because we're motivated by the power of the Holy Spirit and we are putting feet to our faith. There's a a fourth reason why we should help the poor. Number four is this. God blesses people who are generous to the poor. He blesses people who are generous to the poor. The scripture says in Proverbs 19, and I mean, I'm not even touching a third of the scriptures throughout the Bible that talks about the poor. I mean, the Bible is full of scriptures about helping the poor. Proverbs 19, verse 17, he who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. I mean, same thing Jesus just said. If you're kind to the poor, you're helping Jesus. You're, you're lending to the Lord. And that, that's what Solomon, the, the wisest man who ever lived, he says, he who is kind to the poor, he understood the principle, is lending to the Lord, and he and, and God will reward him for what he has done. God, God will bless you helping somebody less fortunate. Proverbs 14 and verse 21 says, He who despises his neighbor sins, but blessed is he who is kind to the needy. The Bible says you, you'll be blessed. Proverbs 29 and verse number 2 says, a, a generous man will himself be blessed. And why will he be blessed? For he shares his food with the poor. Friends, God will bless you. God will bless me. God will bless this church when we help the poor. 
God has a heart for the poor. He wants us to help the poor. And let me bring some application to this message right now. Here's the practical side of, of what, we're, what we're saying today. Would you as a family, you have a family, or if you're a single, would you maybe have a little conversation with yourself, have a conversation with your family, think this thing through? And would you have some kind of conversation like this? How do we as a family, because we're blessed, you know, we may make 30000 a year, we may make $2 million a year, but, you know, we're blessed. We're fortunate. We've got clothes. You know, we've got extra food to eat. We have leftovers to, to eat in. I mean, we, we, we're blessed. And how can we take a little of what we have and help somebody else out? Would you have that conversation during this holiday season? How can we as a church put feet to our faith? Maybe for some of you it's going down to the soup kitchen and serving some meals at Thanksgiving. Maybe it's taking some of your clothes like, like I have in my closet and just got rid of some. And, you know, those clothes in your closet where you say you didn't wear them this summer and you say, well, I'm going to wear it next summer. If you didn't wear it this summer, you ain't going to wear it next summer. <laughs> yeah, no. And why not take some of those clothes and be an answer to somebody else's prayer and bless them with it instead of having a garage sale making $1.99 for one shirt. Just take it and, and bless somebody with it. How about taking a homeless person and buying them a meal and taking them as a family and say, let's go. We want to just, we just want to bless you. We want to just put feet to our faith and just be a blessing to you. How about giving to missions or better yet, reallocating your finances? So you know what? We're going to take a mission trip. We're going to go overseas and help somebody else who's less fortunate. Maybe it's sponsoring a child overseas that has, doesn't have the opportunity afforded us here in America. And you just don't want to look beyond myself and put feet to my faith. And just something, what can you do this holiday season? One of the things that Tiffany and I are going to do and and we, we, we do things to help the poor, and I don't want to go into the things that we do. But, but there's one thing that we're going to do very special uh, the first time this Christmas. And we're going to have our kids, and our two boys are old enough to, to kind of understand this, especially my oldest one. And we're going to have our kids pick one of their gifts, one that they really, 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 really like, not one they want to throw away, one they really like. And they're going to take their gift, and they're going to actually give one of their gifts to a child who's less fortunate than they are. Because I want my kids to understand as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you should be motivated and compelled to help somebody who's less fortunate than you are. And you're going to understand that at four, and you're going to understand that at two, because, listen, you ought to be motivated by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, friends, as a Christ follower, would you have that conversation and be a blessing to somebody during this holiday season? Here's what our church is going to do. We're going to partner together. This series is called Together, because together we're going to make a difference. And here's what we're going to do. Tomorrow, what I want you to do is go, go to our website, peopleschurch.tv there is going there's a place on there where you can click you'll see it very clearly ten thousand dollar holiday giveaway click on that and there's going to be instructions direction uh on what to fill out and what we want you to do is make us aware of some families who are in need some families and what we want to target is families that have, that have children people that have children they wouldn't get a Christmas gift this time, this Christmas season. They can't afford to buy Christmas clothes, clothes for their kids, coat for their kids, shoes for their kids. We want you to make us aware of it. And we're going to pick 20 families this holiday season. And we're going to give a $500 gift card to stores, Walmart, Target. We're going to give a $500 gift card to our community groups. And we're going to take those 20 families. And we're going to take them to the store. And our church is going to buy Christmas presents. And we're going to buy clothes. And we're going to be give away $10,000 to say, you know what? We want to be an answer to your prayer because there's some single mom right now. She knows Christmas is coming up. She can't buy anything for her kids. She's calling out to God right now. God, I, what can I do? And 
I don't have a coat for my kid. And, and we're going to be the answer to some mama's prayer. And, and you know what my hope is and my passion, what I want to see out of this is I want to see you go and go to the store with this family and it's several of you, you know, 15, 20, 30, 40. It's community groups combined and take people to, to the store to shop and the compassion of God overwhelms your heart and you already have 500 from the church and you say, you know what? I know the church gave us 500, but let's, that kid is, is, is 10 years old, never had a bike. And let's just throw in a couple of hundred bucks and let's buy that kid his first bike. And I, maybe some community groups say, you know, they see this family and we, we know they're struggling and, hey, why don't you guys come over to our, to our house for a Christmas meal and met a Christmas meal. Maybe you, you, you just had a kid like, like Tiffany and I and, 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 and you, you have extra baby clothes and you know this mom has kids and, no, and you could take those baby clothes and bless them to, with it, to that family. And, and, and I'm not saying this because it's not my motivation. I just want to make you aware. This is the kind of generosity I'm talking about. I'm not asking you to do this by any means. We've had three families since our priestess message come up to me and say, Pastor, make it 21 families. Make it 22. And now we're up to 23 families that we're going to sponsor because they have given 500 bucks above their tithe to be a blessing to somebody else. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm just saying in whatever way, in whatever way that you can. It doesn't have to be through this church. Be, go be Jesus. Get outside these four walls and go be Jesus to somebody. Go help somebody. Because when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, it will compel you to go help somebody who's less fortunate than you. And the Lord will bless you because of it. Peopleschurch.tv tomorrow. Make us aware of some needs. Father, thank you so much. And I, I, Lord, I first of all pray for myself. Help me not to be so selfish.